morning, everybody, again. Last week, we talked about catching a vision for unity. And this morning, I want you to, uh, to look and to see that we need to catch a vision for prayer. Prayer, without prayer, we will never be successful. We will never be empowered to do the things that God has called us to do. John 15, starting at verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that he may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in him. These things have I spoken unto you, that your joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. If you had 15 minutes to sit down and, and, and face to face with Jesus and you can make one request, what would it be? Can I have a million dollars? <laughs> I don't know if what million dollars would do what I want to do now, so maybe, I don't know. The disciples had that opportunity. And look what they asked for. Luke 11, 1 says this, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. You see, these guys have been um, watching Jesus. They watched him preach. They watched him do miracles. They watched him raise the dead. And they asked him to teach them how to pray. See, they saw that prayer was the life support system of Jesus. It, it, it was key in his life. And there is nothing more vital in our Christian life than prayer. God wants us to know how to pray. And really, I think that the average Christian only knows, that the average Christian knows more about their, their favorite TV show or their favorite sports team 
than they do about communicating with their God. So this morning, let's learn and catch a vision on how to communicate with our God so that we can live with power. There's a few misconceptions about prayer. Let's get those out of the way right away. First misconception is some people think prayer is a magic wand. It's a magic wand. This is a superstitious approach. I'm going to pray over it, and it'll be great. Now, I know that, that we pray about a lot of things, but the magic wand approach, the superstitious approach, is not going to work. That's not what prayer's about. It's not a magic wand. Second thing is not, and, and, and well, some people think that it, it, if you wave your prayer before God, you get what you want. It's almost like a slot machine. He's not a genie in the bottle. Your wish is my command. Man, one of the best books I ever read on, on prayer was written by a guy named John R. Rice. It's a long time ago, went to the Lord. It's called Prayer, Asking and Receiving. But sometimes we think that if we just pray, then God's obligated to give it to us. We pray for stuff. I remember a time I prayed for a VCR. My life would be great if we had a VCR. It wasn't. It's not a genie in the bottle. Your wish is my command. It's not a first aid kit. It's not, it, it, that's not a, an act of desperation that we only use in an emergency. <laughs> I think too many of us get into this situation. When things are, are we, we like to handle everything ourselves until we are in trouble, and then, oh, God, please help me now. I need your help now. I found that I need his help every minute of the day. You see, it's not a first aid kit. It's not going to patch up the things you've messed up. And it's not a tug of war. You don't have to convince God to do something nice for you. He wants to do nice things for you. You don't have to convince him. You see, the people in this tug of war thing, they, they think that God's some cold-hearted king. He sits on his throne in heaven and we got to beg him and plead with him and, and just to get him to listen to us. In fact, some people go further. They, they pray to other people to try to go get favor with God so that they can... It's not a tug of war. And, and finally, it's not a religious duty. It, it should not, prayer should not be motivated by guilt. This is just something I ought to do. I got to go pray. Don't know what I'm going to pray about, but I'm going to go pray. It's not a religious duty. It is communication with God. You see, we've got to take care of and smash out these misconceptions about prayer, and we need to come in and understand what prayer's for, what it really is. It's communicating with God. Now, how many of you, when your kids come to you, since it's Father's Day, we'll talk a little bit about fathers. I know we should do a Father's Day message. I was telling Sunday school class this morning, I go through all through the Bible, and there's no real good examples of a father except for God. You ever think about that? You tell me one good father in the Bible. Huh? Oh, yeah, but where did he end up? 
Okay, so we get, Noah's got a little mess. Get, Noah got messed up. You, you know, we got Hosea, who did really well taking care of his kids, but look what he named them. You'll have to do a little study there. The man that God said God, is God after my own heart was the worst father in Scripture, I, I think. David. Man, he had one son murder another son who raped his daughter, and not good fathers, except for God our Father. And when we are communicating with God our Father, my kids come to me and they ask for something, we'll discuss it. My daughter Laurel, she's going to come to the reservation tonight. She's living in Fort Lauderdale. I don't know if Marcus is going to get to come or not. I don't know what his work schedule is. They didn't know yesterday. She's going to come over, and when Laurel Ann wants something, she bats her eyebrows at me and goes, I love you, Daddy. She usually gets what she wants. Gretchen hasn't learned that part yet, but she, she does other things. And Zachary, because he's a boy, I just give him whatever he wants. But we communicate. We talk. I talk to my son two to three times a week. Now, you're going to think that that might be a lot, but you have to understand, my son only calls when he's on the road. And usually there's an interruption as he's ordering his lunch through the McDonald's window. Double cheeseburger, no, no plain double cheeseburger, and a some sort of apple pie thing, some sort of something he gets. I hear it quite often. You see, we are to communicate with God our Father. So let's this morning, let me give you some purposes of our prayer. Purposes of prayer. First of all, I want you to understand that prayer is an act of dedication. This is a, an opportunity for us to express our devotion and our dependence on God. Look at John 15, 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. It's saying, God, I need you. Too many of us think we can handle it. Well, I don't need to pray. This is just something, I, I got this. Somebody gave me a sign that uh, says, I got this, God. Too often we think, we got it. I can handle this. Every time I think I can handle it, I get handled. Our prayer this morning, as soon as I got here this morning, God, I need your help. We need your help. So we're going to go down this afternoon to the reservation. God, I need your help. I need your help. And we're, we got all these teenagers who are going to be ministering some of them for the very first time actually sharing God's word and they're going to be ministering to kids who can have a tendency to be wild um, yeah I need your help I need your help we have a hard time sometimes admitting that, that we need God's help we don't even like to get honest with ourselves and admit that, that, that we're inadequate. We're helpless. You see, when we pray, it's saying that, that Jesus, I need you. It's a declaration of dependence upon God. I know, we live in a country, we're told to be independent. We're going to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps. Listen, if we're going to reach this world, through building relationships, if we're going to build relationships, we need to depend on Christ. It's not going to be on our sparkling personalities. 
I don't have a sparkling personality. Wow. Then some people have too sparkling. You said it. Some people have too sparkling. Yeah. Don't those people just aggravate you? <laughs> oh, my. We are going to have to depend on God. Verse 7 here tells us, it gives us an incredible promise. If we are going to be connected to the vine, we will have power. But if we are not connected, we will wither and lose all power. You guys know what a diving bell is? It, it just, this is they used to be big and round. they got all sorts of shapes now. And there's this big cord that pumps in air and power and everything else from a ship. And they lower it down into the depths of the sea to explore the sea. They don't have to do that anymore. they got robots that do it. But that was the old thing. I tell you what, if that line breaks, they're gone. That's us with our, with our Lord. If we don't have that connection to Him, if we're not abiding with Him, we lose all of our power. So see, first of all, prayer is an act of dedication. But secondly, it's an act of communication. <laughs> you realize communication is one of life's biggest challenges. Most problems come from poor communication. And you cannot understand God. He, his will for your life unless you communicate with him. It's interesting, Gretchen is working in the office now. And uh, we don't communicate real well a lot of times. Uh, I'm used to, to Cynthia, where she understands pretty much what I'm thinking when I say something. I found out I have to use more words with Gretchen and explain things a little bit more. And you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm sure that I do that with others too. You think they know what you're talking about, but they don't. <laughs> Your husband's great at that. Sure, you sure you told me that? <laughs> Cynthia's all the time going, you didn't tell me that. I'm sure I told you that. No, you didn't tell me that. There's probably a whole list of things I didn't tell her that I'll be in trouble for soon. We have got to communicate. We... We don't, we, we don't communicate well. And if we're not communicating with God through prayer, we're not, getting, we're not getting the message back. Our communication is vital. It's vital in international relations. That's why they have that hotline between uh, Russia and the United States. Even back to the old Soviet times. When things got difficult, it was installed during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And, and um, Kennedy would get on the phone and talk to them and say, hey, this isn't going to work. During times of crisis, during if we do not have a channel to communicate, we're not going to make it. It's even more important for Christians in our Christian life, to communicate. If we can't communicate with God, we don't have a relationship. By the way, the first communication that ever needs to happen for someone is to call on Jesus Christ as their Savior. You see, we're all lost, according to what the Bible says. We've all 
sins. We've transgressed. We've done bad things. Any way you want to phrase it. Um, the word sin is an archery term. It means we missed the mark. The mark is perfection and we're not. So because of that, we can't be with God in a perfect place. We, our relationship with Him has been broken. And when the incredible love that God has for us, He sent Jesus Christ, who died as a sacrifice for us, paying what we can't pay for, He was buried and He rose again. So the first act of communication any follower of Christ has is that, Jesus, save me. Jesus, be my Savior. Jesus, forgive my sins. It's interesting how Jesus talks about us here in John 15. Look at John 15, 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask in the name of the ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Jesus is telling his disciples that we can go to God and ask anything because we're his friends. <laughs> we go to God on the basis of Jesus as his friend. Do you know my kids, their friends would come to me sometimes and ask of things. And because they're my kids' friends, I do it. A couple of my kids' friends are going to be here in a couple of weeks. I want to tell you about them. Um, Randy and Jody Everest are going to come here. Um, Randy, um, and, uh, Randy is a graduate of Trinity Baptist College, graduate of Liberty University with a master's. He's got a master's in philosophy from Southeastern Seminary, and he is working on his Ph.D. In, with Birmingham University. Randy can sing. He is a great singer, very musically talented, talented, and Jody, his wife, is one of the sweetest people I've ever met. She, too, has an incredible voice. She's a pastor's kid. Actually, her parents have quit pastoring. They're heading to Zaire, where her sister and brother-in-law have been. They're going to come here and kind of look around the ministry and we're going to pray about maybe them coming and helping us reach this vision. They're incredible people. They're Gretchen's friends. They became my friends. They helped me in Lake Mary. They're amazing people. But they would, Randy could come to me, he came to me one time and says, Pastor, will you ordain me? I, we, we were very happy in Lake Mary to ordain him. We set up a council. We had everything came in. And you know what? He was able to ask me that because of his friendship with my daughter. How much more are we going to get from God the Father because of our friendship with Jesus Christ? You see, it's an act of communication. It opens the lines. We have an incredible opportunity to communicate with the God of the universe. Okay, so prayer is an act of dedication. It's an act of communication. Let's do another Asian. It's a prayer is an act of supplication. Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing. Don't worry about things, 
But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the God of peace, and the peace of God which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Supplication means asking, and the results of your asking will be peace of mind. John 16, 24 says this, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name, Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. See, you're going to say, well, will Jesus answer everything? Yeah. Jesus will answer and you will have joy. See, prayer is the chosen method of meeting our needs. Some people think because God knows everything, why should we even ask? Well, let me ask you, do you treat your kids that way? My son, when he was young, there was a kid here named Adam, Adam Sharkey. Adam played the uh, saxophone. He started off being really bad, but he got good. So Adam had a big influence on Zachary, so Zachary wanted to play the saxophone. So I let him keep asking me about playing the saxophone, and he wanted his own saxophone. He didn't want to do one of the you know school band ones. He wanted his own. So I let him keep asking and keep asking. And then I went and got him the saxophone. I wanted to find out how much he really wanted the saxophone. Same thing happened with guitars. And now it's, uh, it's out of control. He's on his own with guitars. Do you ever test your kids to see if they really want something by letting them ask more than once? See, I think our God, I know our God does that for us. He is the great Father. He, want us, he wants us to understand that we need Him. And some things He asks us to wait for. There are some things that God will only do if you ask Him, if you pray. You see, we have to ask Him. We must suppl- give supplication. James, give me a few, few verses here. James 4.2. Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire, desire to have, and ye cannot obtain. Ye fight and ye war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Of course, James goes on and says, you ask amiss. When we are asking the right things of God, he will give it to us. By the way, quickly, just a couple of quick answers. Sometimes he's going to say yes, and it's going to happen right away. Sometimes God's going to say no, because he knows it's not good for us. And sometimes he's going to say, wait. But we're always going to get an answer. It's always going to be a good answer. There's a story about a guy, he gets to heaven, and he looks at all these gifts that are up there. And they all have his names on it. He goes, well, how come I never got those? He never asked. How many things do we miss because we don't ask? Prayer is an act supplication what are we supposed to ask for Psalm 145 19 says he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him he will also hear their cry and will save them he will give you your desires and and the stronger our relationship is with him the more you're going to reverence him and you know what happens is your desires and his desires match up 
And as we go and reach this world by building relationships with people, as we build a church, a Bible-centered church, the Spirit-filled as we are working together, showing Christ's love and His grace, glorifying God, what we ask will be what He desires, and our desires will be His desires, and we will be overflowing with blessings. All right. Prayers and act of dedication, communication, supplication, and here's the last one. Prayers and act of cooperation. This may be the most exciting thing about prayer. You see, prayer is God's program. He's allowing us to team up with Him to accomplish His work in this world. Look at these verses with me. John 14. If you will, turn over to John 14. Verse 12 says this. Mark this one down. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. I got to admit to you, I have a hard time seeing myself doing anything greater than what the Lord Jesus did. Verse 13 and 14 show us how we can do those great things by going to God and asking Him. How is it possible can we do greater miracles? Through prayer. Prayer is not limited by time and space. It has limitless scope. When Christ was on earth, He limited Himself voluntarily. He became human and was limited. He could only be in one place at a time. Prayers aren't limited. By, the time, by, by, by time, they're not limited by space and they are not limited in power. People may re reject your appeals. They may reject you or your arguments. They may... may People have no defense against your prayers. If you think about that one person, it's such a difficult person, you just want them to come to know Christ, and they don't want to cooperate with you at all, when you pray, they have no defense. You have God working with you. Our part in cooperating with God's plan in this world is prayer. We can pray. The most important thing we can do in our Christian life is pray. We can, this ministry will not grow. People will not be reached. Lives will not be changed unless we're undergirded with prayer. You go in the past, and there's some great men of prayer. Uh, one of the great biographies I read was a guy named George Mueller. Lived in England, Scotland area. He had uh, orphanages. And George Mueller every day prayed in the supply for these orphanages. He prayed it in. We can pray in every single thing we need as we cooperate with God. Who are the heroes in heaven? The heroes in heaven are the unknown people who prayed for those, the front men, those who prayed for their pastor, those who prayed for the missionaries, those who prayed for the superstars of Christianity.
Dwight Moody said this, every great movement of God can be traced to a single praying, kneeling figure. See, I desire our church to be a praying church. A church that will be a holy church. A church that's committed. An enthusiastic church. When we pray, we become sensitive to the needs of others. There are people in this church who, who, who are need a miracle right now. They need health miracles. They need Their marriage needs miracles. Their finances need miracles. They need jobs. A growing, praying church is a church that sees God act, and God acts according to prayer. A praying church will be a happy church. When we pray and we see God answer, our joy will be full. There's nothing more fun than seeing God answer prayer. Will you catch the vision for prayer? Will you pray for us this week? As we're at the reservation, will you pray for this church? We have so many things that we're, we're doing and working on and getting together to do more. Next week, we're going to talk about ministry. There's going to be so many opportunities to be involved with what God's involved with. And one of the most important things that God's involved with is prayer. Prayer. Catch a vision for prayer. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your love and your mercy. We thank you that we can come to you. Lord, that we can be dedicated to you, that we can come and we can pour out our hearts to you. Lord, that we can communicate with you, and Lord, that you will answer our prayers. Lord, I do pray for these here this morning. Lord, there's needs here. There may be someone here who, who doesn't know Christ as their Savior. Lord, in this next time, Lord, before they leave here, have them come and talk to someone that we can show them from God's Word, from Your Word, Lord, how they can know for sure they're part of Your family. Father, there's hurting people physically. Lord, meet those needs. Help them with the grace. Help them with the healings that they need. Lord, there are ones whose finances help them there marriages, their relationships with their children. Lord, we're on Father's Day. And unfortunately, many fathers don't have much of a relationship with their kids. I pray, Father, that you will heal those relationships. Lord, I pray that this body in this place will be a place that comes together in prayer so that we can reach the people and build the relationships, and above all, glorify you. Thank you when we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.